0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking week 16: Expected Points and Advanced Quarterback Rushing Stats on RotoViz, Roto-Viz Radio. Roto- Welcome to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I am Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. And before we get into tonight, uh, to tonight's show, I just want to briefly, you know, eulogize uh, a, a true legend um, in the NFL game, coach John Madden. Um, legendary coach, legendary uh broadcaster, and, and of course, um, proprietor of you know the most famous video game of all time, in my estimation. Um, John Madden has uh, passed at the age of 85. We learned just before we started this recording. And you know, what it all really boils down to uh to for me, Dave, uh w- with Coach Madden is just his passion. Like, no no matter the age, like going back to age 10, uh hearing him call games and and then his video game literally helped me fall in love with the game of football. And then after I was already hooked, listening to him talk about the great ones play, listening to him talk about Jerry Rice, Brett Favre, call those games without Michaels. A lot of my really fond memories of the game uh, in my more formative years really are linked to, and can't be uh, extracted from um, John Madden. And so he's a personality that hasn't been part of the game in the past couple years, as he's battled, you know, health problems, um, and faded from the public eye, but it's still, you know, it's sad. Um, it's sad, but he leaves a huge mark on the game and it is what it is today as an entertainment, um, package because of his contributions. And you won't find a coach or player who was linked to him at some point in their career, who doesn't have respect for him Uh, And his contributions on the sidelines as well, Dave. So I I was going through favorite memories and this is how, you know, he transcended just sports. Um, When, when my wife heard that he had died, we were reminiscing about games that she remembers that he's called. And I mean, wow. Yeah. I I love football. My wife watches a lot of football, but for my wife to know, she's like, uh, I, I said, remember the Brett Favre game? And she's like, yeah, the one where his dad died the day before. And like that's in 2003. Like my wife remembers that we were like teenagers, and that's that's Coach Madden, man. Just listening to him talk about the game, like it just imprints on your brain. So um, I have cracked a bottle um, that I've never cracked before, and I have always wanted to uh, in his honor. This is a Lagavulin single malt Scotch whiskey, aged 16 years. Um, one of the greatest scotches in the world. And and I've got a, a, a single pour here uh, for Coach Dave. Uh, Want to share a memory about Coach while I uh, I drink this one in respect? Yeah,
2: definitely. Well, one of my favorite things about Madden was how much he loved to use the telestrator, and uh, I can remember as a kid just like loving <laughs> what he would take Like there was one time that was trash, <laughs> like like flying across the field, like getting pushed by the wind, and he got out the telestrator to circle, and I thought it was the uh... funniest thing ever. Uh, so it was just stuff like that, you know, like not afraid to just have fun with it. And I can remember like my best friend and I growing up, like sometimes we would uh, mute the TV and like try to pretend to be Summerall and Madden calling the game and stuff. So, yeah, ton, of, just like oh, man. too many, too many games in my mind linked back to like listening to Madden Summerall call it like some of those really great games between the Niners and the Packers and the Cowboys back in the, uh, you know, like, I guess late 90s probably is what I remember from.
1: Yeah, he did so much of the Fox work back then that uh, you really remember a lot of the NFC games in particular. All the great calls on Barry yep. Sanders, Brett Favre, it, lots of great NFC teams. And then, um, you know, the Thanksgiving Day games with the Turducken with, you know, six or eight eight legs on <laughs> that thing. Um, just, yeah, he, he just loved what he did, man. And it was infectious. And um, we could all learn something um, from the way he approached... Uh, his, his craft, uh, his career, his, his work. So, um, you know, a, a final hat tip to uh, coach Madden and, and I'll leave it here before we get into the episode. My favorite, my favorite uh, quote that I, I saw on the timeline um, shortly after uh, his passing was, was announced was from Cooper cup. Um, we're big Cooper cup fans on the show. And this is a quote attributed to coach Madden. The road to easy street goes through the sewer. And it's, it's hard work that gets you there. So um, thanks for that last bit of wisdom there, Coach. Dave, let's get into our analysis this week. And I know we're going to hit wide receivers and quarterbacks. Let's start with the pass catchers and expected points.
2: Yeah, so I'm excited about some of the uh, the things I took a look at this week. This actually came out of... Uh, just talking uh, with some family members in the last couple of days where we were watching some football. Uh, The first thing I wanted to look at was the players that, uh, yeah, at at tight end and wide receiver that saw the most end zone targets this season. Uh, And then we're also going to look at the players that had the best success in actually converting um, red zone targets into touchdowns. And the the top player at that's pretty surprising, but... Justin Jefferson at this point leads all players with 16 red zone targets followed by Diggs with 14 Metcalf with 12 Marvin Jones actually with 12 DeAndre Hopkins at 12 Van Jefferson at 12 one of the surprising names Jamar Chase at 11 Mark Andrews at 11 side note on Mark Andrews those of you that have made it pretty far in best ball tournaments are probably highly aware how many teams that had mark andrews have been so successful he had 11 t higgins at 11 cooper cup at 11 terry mclaurin at 10 hollywood brown at 10 devonta smith at 10 hunter hen hunter henry 10 dawson knox 10 cd lamb 10 aj green and randall cobb two other surprises at 10 and of course randall cobb (laughs) saw a ton because he's been out for a while curtis
1: yeah, I I would have not pulled AJ Green or Randall Cobb with a hundred guesses. I wouldn't have come up with their name uh, being on this leaderboard. This is this is really a fascinating list here. Um, we could dig into this from from several levels. I wonder how much of Justin Jefferson's sixteen targets are due to the fact that Adam Thielen um, has been hurt for so much of the year because I mean that's where he's really made his living the last uh, two and a half seasons or so. Uh, But now that he's earned that trust, so long as captain Kirk is there in Minnesota, uh, you got to think that Jefferson's probably not letting those go. Um, Stefan Diggs, you know, I think, you know, we've seen him corrected just a little yep. bit in the last month as Josh Allen has really heated up. And you just wonder if that correction could continue through the the latter part of the season and even into the playoffs because, you know, he was a player that we had huge expectations for this season and because of the depth at the wide receiver position and then because of the Bills defensive play in particular at the beginning of the year, the Bills didn't really get into a lot of those shootouts uh, that we were hoping would boost up um, some of those players. So I think you could see really some boom games from digs, um, you know, at the most critical time of the fantasy year, again, like we saw last season, um, and, and DK Metcalf. I mean, it's just good players at the top of this thing, but then it's, it is some of the names littered throughout the middle of the list that leave you scratching your head a little bit, <laughs> you know, Van Jefferson, um, Can you keep that up with OBJ in town? I would be interested to see how many of those targets came before uh, Beckham joined the crew. Uh, But, you know, now as I'm thinking back to a lot of the touchdowns that uh, Beckham has scored since joining L.A., it it seems like some of them have come from further out as well. And he's ran them in. Um, So, yeah, a lot to unpack here, uh, but always uh, helpful to uh, illustrate what's going on. Yeah.
2: And I was really surprised to see Jefferson come in. Ahead of cup uh, because not only do you have Jefferson showing up, yes. but you have two of the Rams players there. So this was interesting to me because we've talked about Van Jefferson a number of times on the show this year for a variety of reasons. And I think that this just makes him another one of those guys that as I'm working on building out my best, my best ball portfolio heading into next year, I'm going to make sure that I have on you know, a, a higher percentage of teams than, than people might expect. Then um, we're going to have to see, obviously, where ADP settles out. But I don't think that many people are going to realize just how good some of these numbers have been for Jefferson. And I think that heading into next season, I'm still going to feel pretty good about him. We'll have to see what ends up shaking out in the. Uh, Rams wide receiver core, because we do have the variable of Robert Woods having been knocked out for the season. But nonetheless, that's pretty impressive. Also pretty cool to see Devonta Smith getting in there uh, with 10, you know, in the rookie season, already seeing him get used in so many different ways. And Jalen Hurts has been looking his way in the end zone.
1: Yeah. Um, and as Hertz's ascension continues, um, you would expect that uh, we'd see more conversion from uh, Devonta Smith uh, and more opportunity as the team gets uh, better at marching the, the ball up and down the field. So um, uh, nice, maybe signal there on on Devontae Smith and then for Dawson Knox to be doing what he's doing at the tight end position. Um, this year has already been very impressive, but I almost would have thought he'd been even higher yeah. up this list. Um, 10 is ten is solid, but that's actually, to me, a little bit encouraging um, that it hasn't been solely his end zone targets um, that have been leading to uh, the touchdowns in the high-end fantasy production. Yeah,
2: for sure. So just another name that was fun to see in there. And then the other thing I looked at was I filtered things out to look at players that have had five or more end zone targets this year and converted more than fifty percent, I never would have guessed who the top player in this was. It's Marquez Callaway, five targets, Curtis five touchdowns, one hundred percent touchdown rate on end zone uh, targets. Insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, can't can't knock him. You just wish there was more opportunity. I mean, you get five targets over the course of what, 16 weeks now. It's just not really something that you can hang your hat on. Yeah,
2: so what I was trying to do after seeing that was build some type of positive Marquez Callaway case. I (laughs) went back, I reviewed the Advanced Stats Explorer, uh, NFL Player, Stat Explorer, tried to pull up some things in the screener. Unfortunately, I could not come up with anything other than this is a fun find, but it does not appear to be um, something that we can use to hone in on Callaway as a target for next season. Amari Cooper with four or five is second at 80%. Adam Thielen, who you were just talking about, Curtis, has gone seven for nine. So he just missed our cutoff in the last list. We were looking at 78%, which is tied with Devontae Adams, who has also gone seven of nine. Keenan Allen, five of seven for 71%. Hunter Henry has been pretty solid, uh, in recent weeks. Um, unfortunately, you know, had a bit of a dud, uh, against Buffalo, but has gone seven for 10 for 70, Mike Evans, six out of nine Tyree kill also six of nine for 67%. George Kittle, four of six for 67, Mark Andrews, again, showing up seven of 11 for 64. The other impressive thing here is those are not all passes thrown by Lamar Jackson then Christian Kirk, I was surprised to see in this list converting five of eight for sixty three percent, followed by T.J. Hawkinson with three of five for sixty percent. And interestingly, Cooper Cup, for as good of a year that he has had, has only converted fifty five percent. I say only because that's still a pretty high high rate. But for the fact that his expect fantasy points over expectation, which we'll talk about in a minute, are so ridiculous, you might have expected him to have had a better conversion rate on throws into the end zone. So I dug in a little bit on Christian Kirk here. uh, Just wanted to see where he's fallen out in some of the other metrics. Um, Among wide receivers, he ranks 33 in targets, 21 in receptions, just 38 in Whopper. um, Is 24, though, in overall PPR and 31 in PPR per game. He has been really efficient, though, um, and obviously that's somewhat reflected In his 63% conversion rate on touchdown throws, he actually ranks ninth in fantasy points over expectation Mm. per game. Uh, So I then wanted to kind of put things in perspective and see which players this year, um, thinking about Cooper Cup um, as well from that list, to see if there's been any players that have had kind of historical seasons in terms of fantasy points over expectation Um, given that we're now at a 16 week stretch, which is, you know, in the past, what people would have normally looked at for fantasy. So since 2000, um, is what I looked at in the screener wide receivers that played five or more games and averaged three or more targets per game. So Cooper cup ranks 22 with a full five points per game over expectation. We only have three other players this year finding their way into the top 100 since the year 2000. Uh, Jamar Chase comes in at 70 with four points uh, per game over expectation. Henry Ruggs was at 79 with 3.9. And Antonio Brown, granted, has not played a lot this year, comes in at 91 with 3.6. So Chase and Cup, uh, very impressive numbers, but Cooper Cup kind of is as we would expect in that historic range.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed. Yeah. And with, with the, uh,
1: lack of touchdowns there, there's gotta be something else driving it. Right. And I'm, I'm going to dive into the NFL stat Explorer here. Um, just to cross check my assumption um, from, you know, watching their games, but you know, the yak per reception being in the top 20 and then um, you multiply that by his volume, um, that definitely has to be helping him feed it the extra yardage that he's yep. getting, um, after the reception, uh, in lieu of scoring the touchdown. So yeah, Cooper Cup, truly a transcendent year and his, uh, the graphics in the NFL <laughs> stat explorer are just <laughs> mind boggling, man. They're just truly mind boggling. He, he's been a wide receiver one in 13 out of 16 contests this year. Um, and then he ranks first in seven. Major receiving categories, targets, receptions, receiving yards, total touchdowns, PPR, PPR per game and expected points per game. I mean, he's nearly got a full sweep and he's not outside the top 10 and any of the other four metrics that, that we track being air yards. He's fifth whopper. He's third racer. He's 10th. And then fantasy points over expectation per game. Third, um, just truly, truly remarkable, um, what we're seeing from him and it, it's kind of cool to, to see where he stacks up, uh, since the year 2000, as far back as a lot of our data goes, Dave. So I appreciate the pull.
2: Yeah, absolutely absurd what he has done. Um, it's also interesting to see Jamar chase scoring so well, Henry Ruggs uh, surprised me, you know, unfortunately there's really, you know, that's just a terrible situation. Um, and yeah. you know, as as far as him as a player goes, I don't think there's anything to talk about there., uh, but I also wanted to talk about quarterbacks because I was digging in a little bit on players at the quarterback position. In terms of rushing this year, as that was one of the things that was talked about a lot heading into the season, how these guys would perform as rushers and how that was kind of changing the position from a fantasy perspective with so many quarterbacks, especially young ones, really doing well on the ground. So one of the first things I looked at was uh, yards before contact among quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes actually compiling the highest number of yards before contact of all passers with 4.6 yards uh, before contact per rush, followed by Justin Herbert at 4.1, Sam Darnold, Tyler Huntley at 4.1, then Kyler Murray at 4, Jalen Hurts at 3.9, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones at 3.9, Taysom Hill at 3.8, and we kind of drop off from there. But interesting to see that Mahomes... Um, has really separated himself from the pack in that regard. Uh, But it's also interesting if you look at yards after contact, because I think that's where we see the guys that really have um, an ability as a rusher that can kind of separate themselves. At the top of the list, you actually have Zach Wilson with 3.1 yards after contact, followed by Josh Allen with 2.8, Cam Newton with 2.5, Lamar Jackson with 2.3, and then we slowly tail off from there. But the key metric in terms of quarterbacks and their rushing ability, I think, is really reflected in broken tackle percentage we, uh, where we have Taysom Hill at 13.2, followed by Cam at 13, then a drastic drop down to Josh Allen at 8.8, followed by Jalen Hurts at 8.3, then Jameis Winston at 6.2. Now, missed tackle percentage does not look to be as, I'll say, reflective of a listing of the quarterbacks that are the ones we think of when we think of great rushers. So you have Tyler Huntley on a small sample with a missed tackle percentage of 24, but followed by Josh Allen at 21, then Lamar Jackson at 20. Then Matt Ryan at 19, which makes you start to question how useful of a metric this might be. Uh, then Zach Wilson, <laughs> Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill They're in that 14 range. Right. But we've seen Josh Allen now popping in a number of these. And it's not surprising to see him as a rusher, but it's impressive also what he's done as a passer. The game over the weekend, I mean, he was pretty much impeccable. Um, really put the Bills offense on. Really, the entire team on his back in that game against New England. And he also, among all passers this year, has the most runs of 20 or more yards with eight, followed by Jalen Hurts at six, Lamar Jackson at five, then Justin Fields with three. Mahomes and Taysom Hill also have runs of three. But the other piece of this, Curtis, too, that I wanted to look at was in terms of big passing plays. Where does Josh Allen stack up? So completions on passes that traveled more than 20 yards in the air, you have Kyler Murray with 31, followed by Allen with 30, then Patrick Mahomes at 26, Matthew Stafford at 25, and Derek Carr at 25. So my takeaway here from doing all of this is just how fantastic Josh Allen has been both as a passer and as a rusher this year. And I don't think it's any surprise to people out there, but I think this is going to continue and he really needs to be at the top of quarterback dynasty boards now as we look forward for some time. I don't think that these numbers should be pretty surprising. I don't think these are revelation, Uh, but it is impressive to see what he's doing in both facets of the game. As if you're combining both measures, uh, he really has separated himself this year.
1: Yeah, is the overall number one player in fantasy, uh, the only player with four hundred fantasy points uh, through fifteen games, sixteen weeks. He's averaging twenty six point seven fantasy points per game. Actually, managed to pass Cooper Cup over the, the course of the past two weeks. Um, just, just crazy. Again, going back to Cup, that he's outscoring all the quarterbacks uh, <laughs> until very recently. Um, but you know, I, I tend to agree with you, and it's the things like seeing Gabriel Davis. Um, pop back up, um, and and Allen being able to connect with different types of receivers, uh, despite missing you know some of the polished veterans and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders uh, for large stretches of the latter uh, half of the season, seeing him connect with these different styles of players and unlock their ceilings, um, you know, it, it's it's the high touchdown percentage as a passer, um, being a top ten. Uh, yardage guy as a passer and then sprinkling in the higher end rushing production. That's what you really want to see. You know, it's what made has made Patrick Mahomes more volatile than any of us hoped he had uh, would have been is, you know, he's going to be susceptible when he has a fall off of 15 passing touchdowns in a season. Like, like we've seen this year, Allen insulates himself from those types of, uh, I guess, misguided ADP decisions because of the really high rushing floor. In addition to the other things he brings to the table Um, and the other quarterbacks, you think that would be, you know, young enough to be in the conversation. Well, Justin Herbert brings about what Patrick Mahomes does as a rusher. Um, They're about half as productive as a rusher in terms of attempts, yardage and rushing touchdowns. Um, Jalen hurts. If he were able to add more of a passing dynamic and become a little bit less um dependent on the rushing touchdowns you know in those weeks where he doesn't get one of those short plunges and it goes to a Jordan Howard or goes to Miles Sanders that's what's holding him back just a little bit from the sustained high end stuff um but if we could just see him have even a 10 to 15% uptick in passing yardage maybe he could challenge a Josh Allen and then then you go to Joe Burrow you know Joe Burrow's got a lot of the same appeal as Mahomes had but is bringing even less as a rusher than than Mahomes So I I think you're right. I mean, really just cutting this up, unless we were to see Dak Prescott a year removed from the significant ankle injury, take that leap back in 2022 with all the impressive weapons around him, it really is feeling like Josh Allen unchallenged for the crown right now. Yeah,
2: I was, I don't want to say like surprised to see him score so strongly, but um, when I stacked him up with everybody else, it kind of is a little bit shocking to see Um, like you said, when you have guys like Mahomes and those touchdown numbers start to come down, um, how things just tend to point to Allen. So we will be back, Curtis, for one more episode this week. I know that we have some listeners heading into the finals. If they have any questions, they can certainly send them our way. Any topics they want us to hit in advance of the finals. So we look forward to helping everybody out with that. Any parting words, sir? I think we have a couple of things that we might want to mention.
1: Um, well, the first thing that I wanted to mention, uh, I've reached out via email to our premium uh, email subscribers today. But you know, we've got a different audience um, that's listening to us uh, every week on this platform. If you find yourself in one of the the finals of these major tournaments, Dave and I want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. I mean, we've talked about um, all the teams that we have live uh, as part of uh, the road of his staff here, which is great, uh, but we want to live vicariously through you as well. It's quite possible. None of us will take it down, but to know that one of our listeners, one of our subscribers um, has a big sweat going, I mean, that gives us juice too. Um, so if you're listening to this and you find yourself in the, in, you know, the best ball mania too. Uh, final round or the, the puppy two or puppy three or the FFPC best ball tournament, or you, you find yourself live in the FFWC or FFPC main event finals. Um, we want to know about it. So drop us a line on Twitter. Uh, my DMS are always open to, to listeners, or you can just add us on the timeline. We would love to highlight your team and throw some positive vibes out there into the universe for you in week 16 may, or week 17. May you finish second to Dave and I in your contests
2: oh wow yep that's the way to put it all right <laughs> we will close on that note thank you for listening to the rotoviz fantasy football show send us questions at rvff at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dave Cabin ff and at c patrick nfl leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate review and subscribe